Welcome back to Wedlocked and Loaded. Wed, wed, wedlocked and loaded. You women. Do not lump us all in one category. You know so you girls, so you girls. And lie and stress the truth. You and try girls. to get us jammed up. First of all, I'm a whole ass woman, right? Think about no that. No disrespect. Sounds like it to me. So why can't y'all, why, what is it with men that they just can't walk away? Walk away. Walk away. Depends how good it is. You don't want to give that away. You don't want to give that away. Greetings, everyone. We are back again, and this is the hundredth episode of Wedlocked and Loaded. Whoop whoop. I am Daniel Laurent, and I am Leah Nicole, and we are here still, thankfully. And you know, it's just been a journey on and off the microphone, and we will get into that another time. However. Um, hundred episodes, and we just want to thank everyone who's liked, commented, rated, shared. You know, it's actually really dope to just kind of Google "wedlocked and loaded" and just the things that you see that's written and where it shows up. You know, and it's just really, really dope. So super appreciative. Um, absolutely. And you know, there's a couple of things that we are working on. Um, that will be different and exciting and don't want to speak about it until things are finalized. But, you know, it's just always um, innovation and just kind of new dope spaces that we're always trying to, you know, be in. So, you know, we're really appreciative. We're really happy, really excited and thankful and grateful for everyone that has, um, you know, been in this car with us. It's been a little bumpy, um, you know, to say the least, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't say bumpy, but I would say, you know, there's been a, there's been a few dips in the curve. Dips sound, in the road, it rather. Sounds sexual. So let's, there's been a few dips in the road. Yeah, I heard you. So we're going to be joined. Um, in, Curves in the road. Leah, we're huh? going to be joined in a few minutes or maybe a minute. Um, by a special guest, and we just wanted to make sure that we thanked everyone. You know, this is a really special episode, one, just being a 100th episode, and then also, you know, um, the gentleman is coming on, uh, Daniel Callahan. He's actually really, really dope, and we thought that this was an important conversation to have, um, just in the sense of, as you have seen, the guests that we have on, it's not just you know, just coming on to kick it. It's not always coming on to promote something. Um, Sometimes it's just conversations. Sometimes it's a unique conversation. And so he has um, created um, a piece of art, you know, called Come On In Live. And we will talk to him about it in just life and just have a virtual fireside chat, right? I don't know if it's virtual if you're hearing it, but same you know same difference anyway um actually let's bring him in now without further ado let's just let's let's not waste any time all right let's um let's get into that right now one man show created and performed by artist daniel callahan produced by narissa william scott the performance portrays a black artist struggling with mental health issues who in the end reconciles through art creation this show creatively expresses the intertwined and conflicting themes of religion, hip-hop, and education. 
Callahan innov innovatively uses the technique of masculine. Is that right? Uh, masking. Masking. Just like the, yeah, masking. Okay. Which involves paint in the human face to remind us that we are walking pieces of art. Come on in live demonstrates the reality of traumas interconnection with mental health issues. Welcome to the show. Finally, cheese Louise, Papa Cheese, uh, <laughs> Daniel Callahan. Shout out to Thaddeus who joined Black Joy and all that good stuff. Oh, um, good, oh he must he must be joining from your live because he he don't know about wedlock and loading. He don't be checking for me like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna call you afterwards. That's my. I'll I'll say it. I'll say that. So all right, we want to do this a little and we want to do this a little different because Leah wasn't there that day. Um, but the interview or conversation, I'll say, that you had with Thaddeus and Narissa, um, I want to do it a little differently, right? So I don't want, and I want people to see a different side. So before we get into Come On In Live, um, we wanted to ask you, how did you grow up? Did you grow up with a two-parent household? Was it like a grandmother? Like, you know, explain that to us. Yeah, no, I, um, uh, first of all, appreciate y'all having me on, uh, great to be with y'all and kick it and, um, yeah, just appreciate all that you're doing and uh, I'm glad to be a part of it in some small way. So, um, yeah, I grew up, uh, I grew up in sort of black suburbia in a way. Uh, I grew up in Bedford, which at the time was like a nice little black enclave neighborhood, um, and uh grew up with my with a mother and a father mm -hmm. um thankfully and uh my father was uh, a baptist minister so um grew up in the church um and that definitely had a lot of a lot of effect on my upbringing uh so you know i was i was in church a lot mm -hmm. too much <laughs> <laughs> now is it is it true what they say with like you know you can't do anything you can't even you know um uh, uh you know chew gum and blow bubbles without like you know what i mean like what is that true growing up where like they're he's on you for everything no that, that wasn't that wasn't really my dad's style like that um you know there was definitely discipline in my house but it wasn't uh it wasn't overbearing like that um and in terms of like you know how the church affected our dynamic what was kind of dope uh was that we went to a lot of different churches so i got to see many different traditions um how, how you know how that, that affected the culture of each church you know we went to many different denominations um so that was really interesting to see that that difference um and some some churches were very, you know, but it was really more like a, a more reflection of, of the leadership mm -hmm. than it was necessarily of you know the denomination. So there are some churches that were just super strict; you can do anything. Mm -hmm. Other churches that were just much a lot more open. Um, it really also had to depend on like you know the age range of you know the folks coming, and you know so all that stuff was kind of church specific. Mm -hmm. And now. Um... This information, I hope, I hope I remember and heard it correctly. You went to Milton Academy. Yes, I did. So, how was that as um, 
as a young black man that, you know, I'm sure you didn't see a whole lot of people that looked like you. Um, so, so what was that like? Um, well, it's funny. I mean, when I, I went to grade school first before Milton Academy and I went to a school called Shady Hill school, which is in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was the only black kid in my grade from kindergarten to eighth grade. Yikes. So that wasn't new. That dynamic wasn't new for me. In fact, I, 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 uh, I really had black classmates in high school. That was the first time I had black classmates. Oh. Um, before, before grade school, though, I was homeschooled. And so, you know, I went from just, you know, being at home surrounded by black people, being taught by my mom, um, to, you know, being taught by predominantly white uh, people in a predominantly white class. Uh, and then when I went to, to high school, that's when I actually started to have black classmates. And so that was like an interesting shift. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, Milton Academy, it's a prep school, um, has a really, you know, it's really well known as like an academic sort of powerhouse. It's, you know, it's got like, it's like a pipeline to the IVs basically. Um, but you know, it's a prep school. So it's like, it's got all those sort of prep vibes. Um, so yeah, that was, all these experiences were very different and the, the spaces were very different. So I was constantly being exposed to different spaces with all their internal dynamics and racial, you know, demographics and um, pecking orders and things like that. So as a kid, I was, I was constantly navigating different environments. Now, do, did you ever feel like you fit in and whatever that means to you? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I felt like, yeah, I always felt like, um, and also we, we moved around a lot. So like, in addition to just, you know, moving physically from apartment to apartment, we would move from, from neighborhood to neighborhood. Um, and so I was always sort of the new kid in a way, um, even though, you know, I was at, or the only, you know, so uh, I didn't, it's weird, man, like, grade school was really a beautiful time for me like it was it was you know despite the fact that i was the only black kid in my class um i got a great education and it was made a lot of friends and it was it was peace it was chill um but there was that weirdness of, of knowing that i was the only one who looked like me and uh you know when we talk about black history you know it, it became very clear that you know my people's history was not it was the exception, you know, and, and also like, you know, you, as you get older, you start to realize the, the racial dynamic of the society in which you live in. And then that then starts to affect your outlook and, and how you see things. So that was, that was definitely weird too, you know, where it's like, uh, oh, wait, like, you know, man, y'all did some wild, I don't know if you can swear, I don't know if you can swear. On yeah, that. yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, y'all yeah. did some wild shit to my people, you know, like. <laughs> You know, and it's like, it's like, dang, like, this is crazy. Like, but we're cool, but there's some issues there. So like, as a kid, it was just, it was, it was very confusing, you know, like, um, yeah, but, but, but it was still, you know, there was a lot of love there. So now I have a part B to that before Leah asked the next question. Um, did you, so you made friends, right? And, and friends is, friends is Objective, depending on he who's. He made friends. He's saying he made friends. 
babe, I don't need you to do okay. the Diddy. I'm just saying, like, don't try to right? do PC right now. He made friends. Yeah, but like, he didn't what? say associates. He didn't say Daniel. acquaintances. He said friends. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Oh, because y'all Daniels is gonna try to gang up on me. No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> unless we have permission. Go can... ahead. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so um so what i will say so you made friends did you actually did that go outside of school were you you know going to their house were they coming to your house were you you know like in their environment and vice versa yeah yes uh and that that brought its own challenges too like um first of all like it was helpful that I was still going to like all black churches and wasn't like I was, you know, removed from being in black spaces. You know what I mean? Like, it's just my life was compartmentalized in these different spaces. But yeah, and, and you know, these schools are good schools, which means that uh, rich people go to them. So, mm. you know, m many of my friends were very well off, um, or at least more well off than I was. And so, that was interesting and you know i definitely remember going to their houses and like getting lost in them or like going to their houses and seeing all that they had and just being like wow i was mm. I, I was not brought up in poverty mm. but at times it felt like i was broke compared to okay. these other people you know okay. yeah it's all it's all a comparison game at the end of the day you know so there are times where I, I didn't feel as confident having people come to my place, you know, because uh, I didn't have, you know, a mansion. I didn't have, you know, um, all that they had. I, I didn't, I had so much fun at their house, you know, that I didn't want to, let's just, let's just, let's just stay there, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, there, there were times where I had people over and, and that was cool. And, um, yeah, you know, but but it was there was a lot of interesting dynamics that happened because of because of that. Mm. Okay. Um, and so speaking of just like your upbringing and um, the diversity of it, right? Um, when were you introduced to hip hop, and how did you know? What did that feel like? Yeah, uh, um, I I really. Grew grew up with it. I would say when I was maybe like five or six was when I kind of, you know, it entered my ether or whatever. Uh, and it was really through my brothers. So like my brothers were my bridge into hip hop. Everything mm -hmm. I learned about hip hop, I learned through my, my two older brothers. So, um, and, and then I would start to see my world start to change. So at first, you know, I heard this music and I was like, oh, that's interesting. This is, I didn't really know what to think about it. But then I started to uh and, and this was it's, it's cool because like you know i'm i was born in 84 so this was like 88 89 kind of mm -hmm. like and then you know at that time hip-hop wasn't anywhere on tv or anything like that you know like mm -hmm. so you had to be in the hood to understand what was happening mm -hmm. and some of my church some of the churches we went to were in the hood too so i would start observing and, you know, I went to, um, uh, shout out to, like, Mission Hill uh, Sports Camp. Um, you know, they had, they had Top Shot basketball and, and, and tennis and all that stuff. And um, that was when, you know, Mission Hill was the hood. So um, I would be in that space, and I'd start to see how the styles of dress 
the sneakers, the cornrows. And I was like, dope. This is not part, you know, I, this isn't really part of what I'm seeing in church. You know, you couldn't have cornrows in a lot of churches I was at. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. I never even uh, thought of that. You, there was a church church I was at were like getting a fade like you know when like Nas like made the fade the thing and you know they were like you can't you can't do that you can't get no like skin type fades and you know yes. there was a there's a lot of there's a lot of that a lot of like prohibition kind of stuff um shout out to the crown act <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not work well I mean you know I think it's not just work it's work school place discriminating against anyway i digress sorry go on oh but i mean like that 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 kind of prohibition was you know it wasn't just coming from white people it was also coming from you know mm -hmm. our people but it was it, it wasn't so much like yeah there's both i mean there's two sides to everything yeah. you know there's two sides to it, it seems like they were just they were doing everything that they could to keep um its members um away from the secular world exactly yeah, yeah. And it was much more like, like a religious thing than it was so much a cultural thing. But we all know that that stuff is, it's all mixed in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. So from Leah's question, which is, I would think, more fond memories. Um, I want to go to the very opposite end of the spectrum and ask you, what did George Floyd's murder mean to you? And before you you answer that did you actually watch the video mm. um i did not watch the video mm. i did not at that time uh you know i was i was in i was in the bay area when um when oscar grant was killed um, mm. and you know how that shook the community there um and i you know i, I watched that saw that um and really after after that i just i just didn't i didn't want to put that into my head i i i acknowledge that it's happening and and i'm also aware and that i'm also you know actively working towards that not being a reality mm -hmm. but to but to what that does to me like even just thinking about it now like what that does to me is it, it it, it creates a, a pain, a hurt, and like a sense of uh, a real deep sense of like sorrow and 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 anger and all that stuff and hate. And I I just told myself that I didn't, I wasn't going to inflict that upon myself. Good for you. Is that there's already hurt and pain being inflicted upon us? I didn't feel the need to inflict that upon myself. You or what you consume yeah and you know i think during that time we were doing the brothers building um the virtuals um yeah and you know that for sure like i've never felt so like helpless and hopeless as an adult mm. you know and it even caused some strife between leah and i mm. um just because what i was feeling is what i was feeling and i'm trying to sort through it and I felt like she wasn't there for me in the way in which I needed. Mm. But then she's feeling her own way as a mother mm. to a black child and as the wife of a black husband. And shout out to 
Conan. Conan said something that I remember so clearly, and I remember what I was doing when he said it. I was actually sitting right on this chair. So he said, you know, we have to remember that, you know, we are a Black family. And so it's not a hurt Olympics. So it's not about, you know, if your wife is hurting more, if you're hurting more, it's not the hurt Olympics. And I'm like, you know what? And I think I started processing it differently. And I started having more empathy for Leah, mm. who was, as a woman, feeling her own feels of every time her son walks out the door. Mm. You know, um, But I ask you that because I, too, was very mindful of not watching that, that video. I mean, you can't help but to see it because it like everyone was just spreading it recklessly. Mm. Right. And it's like, are you spreading this for awareness or is it death porn? Like, what are we right, doing? Right. And it depends yeah. on the person, you know, like, you know, I, I respect people's, uh, I respect people wanting to see it so that they can understand the depth of the, the, the depravity, I guess. But like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just had to make a decision for myself. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't need that in my spirit. Like, you right. know, um, so yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I intentionally didn't watch that one. Um, and because because also to think to understand it in its context you know those public killings were meant to have that effect on people that hopelessness that yeah. you know like it's it's meant to be publicized you know when they you know when they hang people you know and then like that stuff, yeah you know like like so part of it too was just like yeah i'm not i'm not going to allow that energy to to have its intended effect so uh, yeah um who's gonna ask yeah what's going on sir like, don't piss me off hey my god um <laughs> sorry sorry dana um oh you got your girlfriend's in a room you want to speaking of tango why is she requesting to be in a video? This ain't her. Um, this ain't her time. Y'all can y'all can have a FaceTime afterwards. Goddamn girls. Anyway. Girls always want. I anyway, got, never mind. Yeah, let's be focused. Let's be <laughs> Speaking of mental health and 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 protecting yours um, and creating a safe space for yourself, um, tell us what prompted um, you to write the film. Come on, then, and then also, you know what was behind the decision to put on a one-man show yeah for sure um so yeah for folks who don't know the there the the one-man show is called come on in live and previously i'd done a film called come on in mm -hmm. uh which is is related but not really um so you know i went to to, uh, I went to grad school at Emerson here in Boston uh, for film and video, and for my thesis, I, I did that film. And mm. all, the whole thing behind both of those projects was, you know, what is my story? You know, what's the story I'm, I'm put on this earth to tell? Um, and it's very much about my own journey. You know that's that's the that's the one story that I know that I can tell that no one else can is is the journey and experience that I've had in this world, and so how do I do that was has has then sort of become the question. Um, you know I was doing that through music somewhat, uh, but as I I got older and matured, it became much more about like okay, but what is your authentic 
story. It's not what is you, what is the story that you want people to think about you, but what is your story? You know, what did you actually go through? What have you actually learned in life? And um, the film was, was my way of doing it, where I, I created a fictional film about an artist who uh, is starting to lose his mind but also trying to understand why he's here and he starts hearing voices over the phone and he goes into this journey which he realizes is his own mind and he he's he's sort of trapped in there and that's what the the, the film was about right. and sort of reflective of like, like a, a journey that i went through where i did feel trapped in my own mind mm -hmm. and, um, but this was a way for me to do it fictionally where it wasn't me it was a character and I wanted to just dip into the fantastical elements of that in terms in terms of like, wow, what it, what would it be like if you know you were trapped in your mind? What would that look like cinematically? And so, very much more like artistic, uh, uh, like exploration. Um, with this story about the one the one man show, it was about okay. Now, like, remove the cover of this being a fictional character, a fictional story. Now it's time for you really to tell your own, story, you know. Oh. Uh, and so, like, like you know, the, the 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 show is about my own story as Daniel Callahan growing up and what that meant. Um, and it's a, it's definitely another level of transparency, vulnerability. Um, truth um yeah and, and, and reflection i think for me and i'm hoping that the audience gets it well were names changed to protect the innocent <laughs> um no no what i what i do is I, sometimes i don't mention names sometimes i don't mention it um yeah yeah i got it but yeah i had to go through that too it's like you know uh I'm not really one to sort of call people out, you know, like this isn't a Cat Williams moment, <laughs> this show. Um, I mean, there's times for that, but you know, this, I don't think this was one of them. So yeah, it's, the show is not so much about trying to call people out. It's more just about just telling my experience. So yeah. I'm gonna do my own coming live and I'm actually gonna call names and the first name I'm calling. <laughs> Anyway, next question I is um, can you explain to the people in um, more well answer how you I was gonna say more macro level but explain the process of making a film you know did you bootstrap did you pay for it yourself did you do GoFundMe friends and family did you max out credit cards mm -hmm. like what was that process yeah um... You know, shout out to Emerson College because they footed the bill for a lot of things. I, I, went to, I went to grad school with the idea that I wanted to make a feature film because I knew the only way I could make one is if I had institutional backing. Um, and, oh, you know, I went into that program with that idea. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and, you know, I didn't even know what story I was going to tell. But I, I was like, I want to make a film. And so I'm going to go to film school. And so... Um, at first, I was thinking of doing a short, but as I wrote the script and as it blocked out, I realized, okay, no, I have a feature and I'm going to do it. So in terms of financing it, you know, um, a lot of the equipment 
we were able to get through the school, which was huge. Mm. Um, but we also had, had to raise money for the film as well. And so we, we ended up doing a crowdfunding campaign um, to raise some of the funds, some of the funds I put in myself. Um, and we got a lot of in-kind donations. Uh, it was a really big effort, you know, it was a really big effort. Um, and that's just to make, make sure that the film actually looked like a film and not, you know. Tubi. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. What do you mean, Leah? It is what it is. It's not a matter of being, it's it is, nice. it literally is what it is. Daniel has a black hoodie on. It is what it is, right? Nice. Anyway. Um, who, who are your two favorite directors, past, present, and why? Oh, man. Favorite directors. <sighs> Say Daniel and Daniel. That's it. <laughs> Dylon. Dylon. <laughs> um, I, I think... I think um, I don't know about favorite, but people who've definitely in influenced me, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, David Fincher fan. Mm. Um, really like his movies. I like, uh, yeah, I liked how exact he is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it's tough, man, because it's like, I, I really don't, I don't go to movies for the director so much. Um, but, you know, David Fincher is definitely one. I think, um, for for come for uh for get out alone uh you know jordan peele is 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 uh, a director who i i was really influenced by from that film alone um maybe not the other his other films but that one i thought was probably one of the most masterfully done films i've seen in a while yeah. um but also like you know uh, uh let's see I mean, like Sidney Lumet, or like um, well, you gave you gave I mean, two, yeah, yeah, you gave two, and I, I think you know, I was I was hoping you was gonna say like you know Daniel Laurent, you know what I'm saying, but that's fine. Like you know, I I got more work to do. <laughs> I mean, I was literally I was hoping you were gonna be like, well, Daniel Laurent, like he's up and coming. But anyway, I I digress. So um, <laughs> I, so so the part two thing. <laughs> Absolutely. See, the part two to that, um, and you know, we we definitely um, visited. You know, come on in, and I I want to have you speak to that a little more before we get to the other parts. But the part two to that question is, um, do you believe in edutainment, and is that something that you are intentionally focused on? Mm. Um. Edutainment. As creative as that word is, I don't think anybody sits down to watch edutainment. Mm. Uh, people want to be. People don't even necessarily want to be like entertained. People people want to have an experience that's meaningful to them. And uh, so you know, I think it's hard if you're because edutainment often means you're trying to cram a message down down somebody's throat or um you know you're, you're trying to make something to teach which is cool but again when i when i sit down to watch a film or or go to a show 
I'm not so much there to to be taught. I want to I want to feel things. I want to see the world differently. Uh, I want to be engaged in a, in a story that you know that interests me, that excites me, that um, is yeah is opening up my world to some things. And I think education, when it's really done well, does all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as a branding, I think it's really tough. It's really tough to, to to brand your film as that. I think it's more just, I think it's more just a product of of, of creatives really going deep into something that they're doing, um, understanding it from all, all its different angles, and then expressing that understanding, but in a way that again has to be engaging, has to be uh, heartfelt, emotional, um, decisive, you know, and then we will automatically. and you know art isn't is is interpretive and so you know if you have to say i made this couch blue because you know what i mean versus just having a blue couch in the background a person like ah they were giving props and and paying homage to nipsey yo that's real and it's like "Mm, yeah that's what we were doing um it's it's better when you just kind of let things be Mm. so um so i want to i want to make sure we get this in Mm -hmm. do you have no i mean tell the people what they can i mean you can do it now but you can also do it at the end if we're switching gears well so as far as the the um i want you to speak to like the preparation for the live show because it's literally you on stage right by yourself um what goes into and you know i'm sure narissa shouts to her right i'm sure that she plays a role but what goes into the thought of i want a red couch i want a table this is what the set's going to look like i wanted to have it at the strand theater because of the historic um the the history of the strand in dorchester like what went into all things come in live come on in live yeah i mean so you know definitely it's gonna be just me on that stage but it's not just me in this production so you know again definitely shouting out to not only narissa but my director iona morris jackson who is like the og when it's the one woman shows she's been doing one woman shows her whole career and so um wow. she's an incredible actor incredible director um in her own right and the the process of of preparing for this has really been a learning experience for me you know um i have a background on stage as a performer as an mc Mm. acting uh it's different you know it's different like uh there's definitely overlap um and you you know there are things that I've taken from my, my performance background as an MC, but this is like a whole nother animal. And it's, it's really been about the, the crazy thing is it's been about like accessing my emotions. I mean, like, you know, there's, there's the whole, um, uh, 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 what's the word, the whole thing around men and their emotions, you know, and, and not being as emotionally available. And I never thought that I fit that paradigm because like, I'm an art, an artsy dude, you know, like I'm, I, I'm already in into the emotions. I thought, um, but this experience really showed me, like, nah, like you, I've had a whole lifetime of pushing emotions down, 
of not showing of you know of like putting on a front you know and all those things down and that was probably where the most work needed to happen it's like you know again with hip-hop it's not at least the way that i was approaching it it wasn't so much a place for vulnerability it's a place for like bravado actually yeah you're putting your armor on and showing people how dope you are so the idea of taking all that off it was like what <laughs> you know it's like yeah you gotta you gotta take all that off and then you gotta go on the stage basically naked and be there naked in front of the people the whole time and i'm like what so so it was it was a lot you know just just going through that and then that informed the writing process um you know i i did the uh, the one-man show as a workshop first at, at emerson black box theater a year and a half ago and that was huge um and then after that we rewrote the script and it's like always been about how do we remove more and more layers so we can get to like who you are as a human being and and who you, what you were feeling in these moments and just be able to have that um for people to also experience with you and take them on that journey so like that was where i think the the majority of the preparation came and out of that a lot of those questions uh those yeah those questions were answered like okay what does this need to look like what mm. needs or what doesn't need to be here um and i definitely you know want to shout out to uh, my set designer danielle and you know there's a whole team behind this thing that that are that are coming up with um with decisions that are going to augment the script so we really first started with the script uh tried to get it as as right as we could and then everything else is really coming from that yeah thanks and so I I may have missed missed it, and I know you said you're. Are you admitting that you don't listen? Are you admitting that? I love it. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate so it. So you interrupted me to say that. That's crazy. It but anyway, a, it was important. It wasn't. Okay. It really wasn't. I know. Um, you know, I know that you said that you initially wrote the film um while you were in grad school, and then it was more so about it wasn't it wasn't solely you, right? Um, however, the 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 one man show is 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 really about you. Did you take anything, and if you did what from the original script? So this is like an entirely different script. Mm -hmm. It's it was really starting from scratch, and um, you know the film went out. Uh, you know, it did well in festivals. It was it was picked up for distribution, which is awesome, and it's. It's out there, you know, that, that ship has sailed, the baby has left the house and it's living its own life. And mm -hmm. uh, so once that was off my plate, I then started to, okay, like, you know, started to look inward and this was a totally different, different thing. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as similar as those journeys are, um, Somebody was calling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I think so what similar it, as those journeys are. Say it again. As similar as those journeys are, because oh, yeah. after that you cut out. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. as, as similar as those journeys are, um, you know, each each one is its own, it's its own universe in a way. So, I first did this show. I wrote it. I wrote up something. I was in a I was in a residency at Artisans Asylum, 
and I did this thing and I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, mix some of my, my raps with some of my poetry, with some of my thoughts. And I did this thing and it was cool. And it was, it was, I liked it. And then uh, it's just been moving from that moment and each time again, just trying to make it more real, trying to make it more, trying to make it less about impressing an audience and more about sharing myself with the audience more about um, uh, uh, coming to an understanding of myself first and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and inviting other people into that journey. And now the show, so you're doing three shows. Mm. No, wait, are you doing three shows or just three dates? Are you doing, I'm doing three? We're doing three days for sure. The 28th, the 29th and the 30th. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be doing evening shows each of those days. And what we're working on right now is um, a matinee uh, for black and brown men uh, exclusively to do to do that. So we're we're working on getting that sponsored so that we can provide tickets for folks uh, for free to go to that. Um, and so, so, so yeah, so that's that's the plan. So it'll hopefully be four shows. Um, and I mean, shoot, if people want to continue to sponsor shows, we'll do as many shows as people want to sponsor. But the ones that we're covering are the three um, on those dates. And now, so you, so the rehearsals and all that good stuff is all well and good, but you know from MC background, you can, re you can rehearse that song, rehearse that verse. And once you step on that stage and people are looking at you like this, so are you telling me the first, First, the first date is a Thursday, right? First date, the 28th is, uh, think, is that right? Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. Yes. Yes. So, so the first time of you doing this live will be Thursday night? In its current iteration. Again, like I said, I did a workshop of it a year and a half ago mm -hmm. um, where, you know, in a black box theater, like over 100 people, I think, um, did this thing. And even before then, the first iteration at Artisans Asylum, I had like maybe like 15 people come see it or something, you know, it was real, it was real tight. So, but in its current iteration, yeah, that'll be the first time people see it. Yikes. Are you, I mean, what, what? How do you prepare for something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so and I'm like, I'm like, damn, I don't know an appropriate way of asking. Just ask. That's it. I mean, do you mention? So let me, let me, let me ask again. How do you prepare for such a role, such a something like that? You, you, you rehearse the hell out of it. You rehearse the mm -hmm. hell, rehearse, 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 and then you just you take the leap. There's, there's, there's some part of this that you really can't prepare for, and that's the beauty of it. That's what makes a live show the beauty of it you know that like everything is and that's why we're on live right now like anything that could happen all of it is <laughs> is possible you know yeah like, like him <laughs> listen well i didn't want to say hey do you take a shot of something brown because, because maybe because, he doesn't drink because, i didn't want to say do you smoke a doobie because mm -hmm. maybe I mean, you know what, I mean? what is a doobie like come on grow up i was up. just trying to i mean oh doobie that's grow all. up exactly grow up come into this these times come into these times yeah. Okay. All right. So we have we have some questions. Sure. Um, so these are locked and loaded questions. Mm. Um. Uh, uh. First question: What does mind playing tricks on you mean? 
Wait, did I, did I ask that right? Wrong. I said it wrong. Damn. <laughs> what does my All right. playing tricks <laughs> so, on me mean to geez, you? Jeez Louise, talk about life. That's crazy. Yikes, I didn't rehearse. <laughs> and this is what you did. <laughs> I didn't rehearse. Yeah, so what does that song mean to you? What is the song by Scarface? Yeah, from Ghetto Boys, technically. That's I mean, the, he wrote most of it. Right, right. Yeah. There was a whole thing about that. Yeah. They, they, I mean, it, yeah, people had, but it was, it was actually, sorry, this is, this is kind of a aside. It was really dope seeing them talk through that. Did, did you well, see that? They're, they're, well, their podcast ended now. <laughs> yeah. You know, know that, right? But that was a beautiful moment, though. Yeah. Like, I, I, I felt like it was invasive for me to be watching that. I wish that they would have had that conversation prior, right? But then yeah. it, it, it lets you know that, like, you know, sometimes people have problems communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, and, and, I know. Communication is just, it's not, it's its not always a guarantee. Like, you know, like, even if you were to talk about it, some people may feel a certain way. Like, you know, like, and still. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm sidetracked. Let me, add, let me answer your question. Um, but everything you're saying is so on par. Leah, Leah. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Please, listen, <laughs> table that, because we're going to get into that in a minute. Oh, don't worry about it. Right after Dan. Don't, don't worry about it. Let I him know. answer the question. I know. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. question is what the song means, or what does that phrase mean? The song. The song. So when you heard it, right, you heard it, and you may be singing the words or whatever, but then as you get older, I don't know if you've done therapy before, mm. you know, but, like, as you're older and you're maturing, mm. you're like, holy shit. Like that song means this, or when he said that, it meant this. Like, what does it mean to you today? You know, it's so interesting. For, for some reason, like <clears throat> seeing the music video, because I saw the music video way later. Mm. I heard the song, but I didn't see the music video till way later. And the music video that made it hit home for me more. Mm. I don't know why. I think it was just seeing him, because it's like when you okay. So but there's there's been other songs like that, right? Um, you know, you can even talk about, about like DMX slip slipping or like, or I don't know, there's countless other songs where people have talked about their inner struggles. You know what I mean? And, and like, I feel like hip hop really was our blues, but, but, um, you never really know exactly where that person is about the things that they're saying. And there is this weird kind of thing where, you know, there's almost like a badge of honor for having issues, um, you know, or like, you know, oh, that dude's 730, that dude is crazy. You know, mm -hmm. like, 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 there's like, okay, you don't mess with him, he's, he's wild. And like, and, and there's like, a, oh man, he's, he's hard, but he's like, he's really going through some things that they're not, that's not like a cool thing. And I think seeing the music video made me like, oh man, now this dude's really struggling, right? right now like he's he's really seeing shit he's he's scared he you know like he's um it's not a it's not a boast um and and yeah for whatever reason the music video really did it for me i think just seeing a black man in his room you know mm. or, or like you know they're beating somebody up and then they realize that he's like you know they're not there and he's been punching the floor like it's just it, it was just really dope how they did that um so when i first heard it it's just like, oh, this is dope. You know, this is dope. And it was like conceptually dope. Because yeah. 
you know, the verses are really well put together. You know what I mean? It take you on a story. It's a great storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and so I thought about it more like that, more from a technical aspect of it. And the beats like real chill, you know, like, but I think seeing it made it feel realer and made it feel more um, human, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for, for me, I realized, you know, and, and I, I think, I mean, it was always a term for it whenever it was created. But as I got older, I realized that that video was dealing with paranoia, schizophrenia, depression. Mm-hmm. It's like, like it's, it's heavy. Yeah. It's, yeah. You're like, holy sh-. I'm like, okay. And it just realized like you're just singing songs and just, you know, bop into it. And you're like, yo, you're just singing about like massive trauma, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, well, anyway, because we, we can get into a different hip hop conversation. And I asked that question specifically just for those listening, um, because Come On In speaks to upbringing, hip hop, all those things intertwined. So I wanted to, you know, I thought that question would be interesting. Um, you know, and Leah had like, what is, um, you know, when you first heard like getting jiggy with it. And I'm like, yo, when, like, no, no, no one, you know what I mean? Who's gonna, you know. Man, so I was, I was, like, I was drink my cranberry juice. But anyway. I was, I was in grade school when that song came out, getting jiggy with it. And I remember. No, 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 I really didn't have that question. He's bullshitting me. <laughs> Don't swear. <laughs> yeah. but, no. but that brought me back. That, 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 I, got, I got memories from that joint. Remember the dance he was doing? You can't do that right now. You know. Um, All right. So these are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you alone? I want to save a little for you. Yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit. I ain't saving you nothing. Nice. Boys in the Hood or Minister Society? No, there's more. That's what I said. Leah. Be quiet. Boys in the Hood for sure. All right. These are all going to be followed up with a Y. Um, Love Jones or The Woods? would okay i really want to hear both why for both please we want to hear why for both okay um boys in the hood i i thought menace to society it's so perfect actually when we think about hip-hop um because for me i think boys in the hood was Menace to Society felt more like an exploitation film than Boys mm. in the Hood. Mm. You know, like like it's like it's like a black exploitation film, and that's not that's nothing against black black exploitation films because some of them are dope and you know and and there's swag in there and like you know there's a place for it. Yeah, you know, like and but it but it felt like um, okay after Boys in the Hood, let's let's make it grittier than Boys in the Hood and um you know let's let's really let's really push the violence and let's like you know let's let's make it even more tragic you mm. know um and and i'm imagining because you know well it is it's true the boys in the hood really opened the floodgate for films like that you know like mm-hmm. they showed it to be successful um and you know menace society you know it's a it's a it's a good movie like you know what i mean like um i'm not i'm not dissing it but it's more just boys in the hood felt way more like an authentic story 
Mm-hmm. From us mm-hmm. to us, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, like a love letter. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a lot of love in Boys in the Hood than there was in Menace to Society, for sure. I've never actually heard it articulated that in way, that way. Yeah. but I, I absolutely, I agree. I can see that. Yeah. Boys yeah. in the Hood had more heart, even with like mm-hmm. the father and the message and that whole thing and about gentrification a father, and oh, man. a father, yeah. man in your life. You know, like unfortunately, we're still dealing with the same. I digress. All right, so oh, you're okay. so you're so Leah, love Jones of the Wood. Stop and taking shots. Jesus, yo, you y'all chose are the wood. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. All right, so you so chose why the wood. Why the wood? Um, this is revealing about where I was when these movies came out. So, like, I just felt like Love Jones was a little corny. And that's because where I was as a young man, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like the whole that's kind of thing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So like the, the whole spoken word kind of thing. And like, I just, because of my, yeah, because of my upbringing, I thought that was like, you know, ah, you know, like I, I wasn't really in that space. And um, so it really came from kind of like an immature space, but I, I just never really got that movie when it came out Mm. um the wood felt like a more of a coming of age story and like you know it was like um it was yeah i felt like it was a little funnier um and and i got a sense it was more about like family Mm -hmm. uh, than so much you know uh like romance um, so I, I, I'm not sorry. Go ahead. Like a romantic film kind of guy, although it, you know, Love and Basketball is like one of my most favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. That's You know what I mean? Like, like, and that that that's it. That's like leaps and bounds before the, you know above those of those other two movies in my in my my book. Um, but just because I feel like it really nailed. Uh, what I see, what I imagine when it, when it comes to like black love, you know, between mm. people. Speaking of nail, so Sanaa Lathan is like unbelievably gorgeous. So what you won't do with that? <laughs> hmm? You won't do that. No, he said it. Yeah, so no, you won't do I'm that. I'm just complimenting Sanaa Lathan. Oh, like, yeah, but you didn't need to lead with the speaking. It was of a her. segue. No, it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. Okay. Yeah, see, I can't even help you on this one. <laughs> the funny thing is, I said, speaking of nail, and he was so serious, and he was listening for my, and I'm like, all right, um, all right. So this is very, very generic, but I think it's also important when we're talking about hip hop. So Tupac or Big, and why? Yeah, that's a clear. That's a clear one for me. It's Tupac all day. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I mean, you know, you'll get people that are completely, it's like Pepsi and Coca-Cola. And and for me, it was such a clear difference. And I think as I've gotten mature in my palate and listening, I think Biggie was a better rapper, right? right? But I think Pac had more heart and it was more more soul food that stuck to your ribs. Because if if you compare the bars, to each other, it's just not the same. And even Biggie using his 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 
um his, his no using his um using his voice and like the way he would um the the damn i can't think of the um not articulation inflictions like, like the way yeah. he would use it like a like a jazz like a trumpet yeah yep. right absolutely like, but pop come with me you know like my enemies you know what i'm saying like you can't oh wow that is you think you think big all day huh see to me like nah so so like to me there's this there's like no comparison no it's not like not even like and that's nothing against big at all no no it's big at all like i just think it's an unfair comparison yeah you know what I mean? it's, it's they're they're so different you know like I agree. Big was more of like a quote unquote lyricist. Um, and Big's flow at times, first of all, it's like, if you're from New York, there's no, there's no, we, we can't have this conversation. Cause it would have <laughs> ended, ended as soon as I said Tupac and they, their, their ears would close and they just be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like so, which I understand, you know, I understand that. I get it. Like, you know, and, and us being on the East coast again, like it's, uh, I get, I get the where big is here in terms yeah. of the like all that, you yeah. know, like what he was able to do. But um, to me, I'm not just looking at rap, and I also think it's a, I think it's a, 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 a kind of, it's a case of taste when we're talking when we say that Biggie was a better rapper than Tupac. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think Biggie's flows at times were more intricate, for sure. Mm. He did a a lot more wordplay for sure yeah you know but you can't say that, that hit him up you can't say that big ever did a song even close to hit him up in terms of that kind of rapping but hit him up, up was passion and 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 why are you shouting relax. no because i'm getting excited <laughs> yeah you have to no i'm not gonna relax because to relax. i just listen leah bring it down son. don't talk to me like i'm one of your bring students down, listen so i listen to hit him up no lie um uh saturday about five times in a row right mm. and i just had to appreciate Qaddafi. like like Qaddafi came off on that song like nobody else show and it's tragic that they all died i mean mm. if, you know two of them are still alive but they all died but just to start a record with that's why i fucked you you know that's just a wild <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, and it's like, you know, the, yeah, from a technical standpoint, from, from a New York lens, because, you know, New York is a birthplace. So, so I get it. You know, like from a New York lens, I understand how you can talk about Biggie and Pac and then whether, whatever, whatever, whatever. But for me, I'm, for me, it's more like there's so, so many different levels to it. One, Pac to me represents hip hop more because mm. Pac was not the rapper. Pac started as a dancer. Pac, mm. um, was, was a, a roadie. Yeah, Pac was a poet. Um, and, you know, I feel like Pac was a prophet. And so, like, there's, in his, I just feel like what he brought to hip hop was so much deeper, his links to the Black Panther Party and, and the, his, like, sociopolitical, like, understandings and, like, how he, he basically opened up, um, you know, I feel like he opened up sort of the more revolutionary aspects of the black experience For sure. uh, into, into hip hop and, and 
you know, he was doing things like getting truces between gangs happening. And like, there was just, there, he was just doing so much on, on top of the fact that he's making films, writing scripts. Like he was just, he's, as an artist. Pop, like, pockets, pockets a he superhero. He individual altogether. And yeah, Thaddeus like, is taking some shots. So what this means is um, we're gonna have a dinner. You yeah. and Thaddeus, sponsored by Thaddeus. And we'll talk about <laughs> and Pac all night. And we'll play some some snippets and see who who comes out on top. Pause. All right. Um, Jill Scott or Sade? Oh man, <laughs> man, that's tough. <laughs> that's, that's hard. Uh, they're so different. Uh, mm -hmm. If I had to pick, I'd have. To, oh man, that's. I'd have to go with Sade. Yeah. And speaking, I mean, have you seen her lately? Jesus. No. I mean. Langston Hughes. That woman, that woman doesn't age. <laughs> Langston Hughes? Langston Hughes or James Baldwin? I got to go with Baldwin. Okay. Um, Spike Lee, Oliver. Stone or Ava DuVernay? I mean, I would take Oliver Stone out. Uh, mm. uh, you know, he did his thing, but I, I don't, yeah, he's, to me, he's kind of a third wheel. Um, oh. Uh, well, I mean, in the art, like, storytellers. Think that he, he said what he said. Well, yeah. Taking him yeah, out. Take him until, out. Fair enough. Um, exactly. I, I, I debated putting him in, but yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, if it was another, another black director, I, I, I get it. But he just seems like he just seems like an odd one out. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, uh, um, I mean, I, I had to go with Spike because he's the OG. Like, right. you know, like he's he started it. You know, so. Um, but that's nothing against Ava. And again, they, they make such different films. Yeah, yeah. you know, different. So that... Different processes, different approaches. Um, all right. Different so the last one. Um, 45 minute hit class or a 30 minute meditation session. For me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 30 minute. 30 minute meditation like with other people or by myself? It could be by yourself. You well, however you meditate. I would go with the meditation. Okay. You don't strike me as like, ah, let's go more, more, more. You strike me as more like a calm, breathing, peaceful, very intentional. Yeah. So that's why that question's in it. Cause I just wanted however, to get that. Those hit classes can be very intentional. Tell me about it. You can get to the state when you're when you're working out for sure, for sure. Yeah. So in um in closing, um, if you can and you know, obviously like the information and stuff make it so like it's it's on the screen also. Mm -hmm. But can you um just give the last, you know, thoughts and last plugs and any shout outs that you have um regarding because we want everyone to come out, show up and show out. This is really, really important for a few different reasons. Um, 
but I want to implore everyone to come out. I don't stand behind things often. Um, and you as a person, I support, mm. right? And so I am curious and excited to see what this looks like because I know you're very intentional with what you do. So I want to give you the last um, you know, minute or two to just say whatever you want. Uh, yeah, well, I definitely appreciate the support, man. I really, really do appreciate that. Um, so, you know, the, the show is called Come On In Live. You can see more information about it at comeoninlive.com. Um, sorry, did I freeze? Yeah, you're good now. Um, uh, the show is very much about, you know, a young black man or a young black boy uh, and their journey towards becoming a black man. Um, it is not your typical story um, because I haven't lived a typical life but i think what you will appreciate about it is it's a very human story and uh in that way you know i'm hoping that you will be able to connect to your own deeper humanity as i attempt to, to connect to my own uh on stage and uh the importance yeah i mean i think you know we we all some of us know the statistics uh and i think thaddeus did such a good job at the event talking about the statistics around mental health with specifically black black boys and men yeah. and yeah. there is such um there's so much room for improvement there and any um any effort to shine more of a light into that experience um and also to, to provide a space for other black boys and men to see that um uh talking about their issues about using art to transform their issues into into art um and about um yeah, being being able to be vulnerable, finding the strength in their vulnerability is, is really important in a moment like this. Um, so, yeah, definitely come, come out. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in addition to, you know, the issues, we're also just going to be having fun up there. So, you know, definitely come out. If you know uh, somebody uh, who would benefit from it, please let them know. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll see you all on the, on the 28th, 29th or 30th. And the tickets are what thirty to forty-seven fifty or something like that. Yeah, I think it depends on the section that you'll be in. Okay, mm -hmm. and and I'll just I'll end with this because we know and I and believe me, I love our people. Please <laughs> do not reach out to Daniel for mm. to be on the list. <laughs> do not reach out to Daniel for discounted tickets. Mm. It's very important to pay to see art mm. right it's a simple it's a very transactional simple concept so please everyone save the text of yo put me on the list bro i'm gonna come through i'm gonna come through with support it's actually an oxymoron <laughs> <laughs> so on that note yeah i appreciate do you have any do you have anything you need to say because you know i think you need in to, life you typically... i think you need to pipe down just a little bit oh god okay all right, Daniel. Scott, you see what type of night I'm going to have? Um, I mean, you're doing it to yourself, mm. but... All right. But anyway, um, all that talking he just said, he made me really, um, really forget what I was going to say. But so we talked about the price of the tickets. We talked about um, is the only place to get the tickets on your web on the website? Yes. Uh, that will be the link to get the tickets. Um, they're being sold through brown paper bag. 
Um, this is like a ticketing, sorry, brown paper tickets. Brown paper tickets is the ticketing platform we're using, but there's a link to that uh, on the website. So okay. that's the best place to go to get tickets. So, okay. So, All right, perfect. Okay. You have anything? You always have to have the last word. <clears throat> I, I just, just have it. I know. Anyway, thank you, bro. I appreciate you. And um, we will definitely see you soon. Yeah. And um, yes. shout out to Black, Black Collar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love that you have that on because Thaddeus is in a room and I don't believe he has one. So, yeah. Take take that, Thaddeus. And you're definitely paying for dinner. And I don't want no cheap shit either. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so on that note, thank you. And shout out to Nicole, you know, helping yeah. with, with PR and doing all the marketing. And, you know, um, it takes a village. And I love that you are intentional with having black women. You know what I'm saying? Because that's important Yo, to have them. Be, yeah. I mean, so they hold us down. And, and we have to always remember that and, and be thankful for that. You know, they've been holding us down for a minute and we can't be who we are without our relationship with the black woman. And so I, I definitely appreciate my team who's predominantly black women. Uh, definitely appreciate uh, seeing you all together doing this thing together. Uh, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it, G. Don't do it. <laughs> all right. All right. On that note, let me not, let me not sleep on the couch. All right. <laughs> All right, bro. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you again. Come on in live March 20, what, 20, 20, 28, 29th, and the 30th. Yeah. 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 Grand okay. Theater. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to our show. Again, 100th episode, 100 down the hatch. Whoa, whoa. So, you know what it is. We here in this bitch. <clears throat> so, thank you, everyone. Wedlocked and loaded. Like, share comment feel free to ask questions no matter how outlandish and um for the really crazy ones you know i'll, I'll let leah answer those and um yeah right so i, mean, I don't know why well stay tuned because we have some um some spicy topics i'll say i won't say hot topics i'll say some spicy topics spicy um coming up next week so make sure you stay locked in you know what it is wet locked and looted yeah wet 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 locked and looted all i ever asked is one wet locked and loaded wet 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 locked and loaded